0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Therapists Deserve Abundance podcast. I am your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and the number one therapist business coach. So I'm super excited. Let me know when you are able to log on live. I know that some people are going to watch live. Some people are going to tap into the uh, replay later on YouTube and or on the podcast, but I am super excited. Um, This topic was actually brought to you by one of our dope Therapist Academy students. And so in our program and on my Instagram feed, a lot of people don't know that in the link in the bio, you're actually able to pre submit a podcast question. And depending on what we're addressing um, in terms of, like, if I'm having a private practice boot camp, if I'm doing a CE workshop related to streams of income. I will actually pull in some of those questions, of course, as they relate to the topics that match my content or my calendar. So, I want to first start off by reading the clinician's question and also make sure that I tune into the comment box as some of you are tuning in. So, I see people, hey, Shanika, Deshey, Mountain of Inspiration, thumbs up. I'm super excited that people are going. You know, jumping on, I'm super excited because I sent this out like this morning, Uh, but nevertheless, uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. And so today's topic is on how can therapists position themselves and their expertise to obtain paid speaking engagements? So I'm going to read to you the question that came to me from a Dope Therapist Academy student. So her name is Lamone. Her question was, how do I price my services for short-term and long-term speaking engagements and groups? Now we know that that is a loaded question. And so I am going to pull out the pieces that I know that we can cover in this episode today. And then there are certain programs or events that I have that may go a little bit deeper, but I am going to make sure that you will walk away knowing where to start because that's really where we are stuck at is not knowing which foot to put first, the left or the right, right? Um, She said, what are some tips um, she should know and tools before offering her services such as workshops or multi-week groups, okay? So let's go ahead and jump into it. Just FYI, full disclaimer, I have my notes in front of me. So if you see me looking down, I'm literally looking at my notes, okay? So I'm gonna talk today about three ways you can position yourself as the expert to brand yourself as a speaker. Um, Now I may use the word speaker and trainer interchangeably. Now I know that people do want to be known as a Keynote speaker, I have been a keynote speaker, but I the way that I talk with the crowd, I like to call myself more of a trainer because I like dialogue, I like interaction, I like to pause, I like to poll the audience, I like to assess the audience so that I can make sure that what I am talking about actually is relatable. So let's practice that right now because this is like an extra tip right now of what you're supposed to do before you Start speaking, ideally. So let me poll the audience for those of you who are watching now. And even though you may be watching later, still comment and participate as though you're watching live. And so if you are watching right now, put a one in the comment box. If you do want to obtain paid speaking engagements, workshops or trainings, put a one in the comment box if you would like to get paid for these things, because we're going to interweave, of course, your desire into three ways that you could position yourself as the expert to brand yourself as a speaker. So as I see the ones coming in, I definitely want to highlight something that's going to kick us off. As therapists, we have this thing called Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's actually in May, and then it's like a world Mental Health Awareness Month in like October. However, Due to the new norm that we're living in right now, we can technically say that we are living in a time where mental health is still at an all time high, maybe not as high as it was between March and maybe October, November of 2020, but it just looks different or it's starting to trickle down to our children, to our teenagers um, and things like that. And then of course we see the burnout amongst medical providers, therapists and teachers, anybody who works in the human services field. And so You want to be well aware that you may be approached simply because you are a mental health provider, licensed or not, that somebody may invite you to come speak to their audience, okay? So I always start with the basics and I keep going back to this one basic question because it is the one question that a lot of people can't answer, right? Which is, who is your ideal client or group of clients, Okay, and the thing that you want to think about in terms of Mental Health Awareness Month intentionally is how can you position yourself in front of them specifically in May? So, of course, we have two different ways you may get approached by even people. If you go to a church or a community agency or your your PTA, your gym, people are looking for speakers to cater to their audience, to their community, to talk about mental health awareness. But just because they're approaching you doesn't mean that you should not also approach other entities. So one of the things that I used to do on Instagram every single quarter, I don't do it so much right now, but every quarter I would post a photo and the photo would be like a checklist. And the checklist would list out all of the engagements or activities or therapist boot camps that I have coming up that month or that quarter but then I'll also put in the copy or on the photo itself um you know for inquiries please click the link in my bio right or please dm me or please click the email button at the top of my bio so you want to have a very clear call to action, because if you're comparing, which you should not, but we do, if you're comparing yourself to maybe other providers that are saying like, oh my gosh, I'm getting hit in the DM, somebody contacted me on LinkedIn, people are messaging me from Facebook or finding me on my website, but when I ask them, they've found me from doing somebody else's live. If you're wondering why you are not getting contacted, it may have something to do with the way in which you are showing up and demanding your authority with who you serve as the expert. Okay. So wh- let's get into number one. What is one thing that you can discuss for an hour? And that's usually something that I talk about, like in the therapist boot camp, because this is um, narrowing it down to niche beyond your ideal client, right? So at a speaking engagement, you typically are, unless you're on a panel, you typically are going to speak for. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, if not a whole freaking training. And so you want to ask yourself in everything that you know, because you know more than you think you know, what can you talk about for one hour? So prime example, I was at the Millennial Social Workers Conference in Atlanta this past weekend. Part of our conversation from my perspective from the stage is I actually asked them in terms of niche Grade yourself. 25 points if the answer is yes, zero and if is no. But I say it, think hard because sometimes you don't even realize how much information you have until you start just talking to people, especially people who are not in our field. And they may look at you like, dang, that 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 was super deep. And you may be thinking, like, Oh, that was deep. Like I ain't even got deep yet. Put a two in a comment box, or if you're watching later, put a two and engage. Put a two if you've had that occur, where you're talking to just people, friends, family, and you're just scratching the surface with something you think is basic in the realms of mental health. You're using your psycho jargon because somebody asked you a specific question, but then they're like, yo, that was hella deep. And you're like, but it wasn't. But it was. So a subtopic under choose one topic, like what's one topic you can talk about for an hour is stop undervaluing the information that you know, because you know a whole lot more than other people who are not in our field, okay? So again, what's one topic that you can discuss within one hour? And then you want to be very specific. So for example, I like to give the example of developmental psychology because it has a lot of theories. So most of us have taken some type of child development or developmental psychology course, right? So, and I teach social psychology. I've taught developmental psychology on the undergrad and graduate level. And so there is a lot to be learned in from a five week to a 15 week course, depending on the school. So I love doing Kohlberg's moral reasoning. So if we look at that in multiple layers, the bigger layer is we are going to talk about something in psychology. That's But that's too much though for an hour. So then if we break it down, then we can say, okay, we're going to specifically focus on developmental psychology when we're talking about decision-making. Because we're going to go talk to youth who are at-risk youth who are probably on the verge of going to jail if they don't straighten up, let's just say. OK, so we went from psychology to developmental psychology. Then we're going to choose a theory which or a theorist, which is Kohlberg. I'm on the third layer. But then that's not enough because Kohlberg got multiple layers. And so I may have to say, OK, is this a class that I'm going into? Because I can definitely cover Kohlberg in one lecture. As long as I got 90 minutes, I actually use... A example of moral dilemma that I was introduced to when I was like in undergrad college, I found like the old dilemma, super outdated, but it's super applicable to what's happening even right now in our economy and politics and the jail system and all those things in terms of decision-making and who gets time and who doesn't. And so I embed the lecture points into that example. Okay. So I've already hit the fourth and the fifth layer. So what I want you to think about when it comes down to what all you know, if someone says, we want you to come talk to a school, then your first question should be, who am I going to talk to at a school? Because there are three layers of people. Who are they? We have administration, which can be the dean, the principal, people who are not teaching uh, school psychologists, counselors. Then we have the actual teachers, the people who are in the classroom with the kids, the TAs. Then we have the children. Oh, wait, we have four. Then we have the parents. So we can actually talk about burnout, but that conversation is going to look drastically different in front of everybody. And I just realized that my stuff still says boot camp. <laughs> so let me go ahead and change my. Um, my graphic. I'm like, wait a minute. There we go. (laughs) So um, didn't nobody even notice. They like, oh, I like the information, which is great. Um, Anyway, so one point that we talked about is what's one topic and be as specific as possible that you can super focus on when you're talking to a group. Um, Now, just some tips under the one topic as well. Do not, your goal is not to overwhelm your listeners. Your goal is to get in front of them and ideally let them test drive the car. So what does that mean? Gave this example this weekend as well, just as like bonus nuggets because we were just chatting it up or people were asking questions. So clearly this event happens every year. Let's just say that this event happened every quarter at different cities around the United States. And they caught me in to be the keynote speaker But, you know, they've never seen me speak before. But after I spoke, now that they've got my flow, they see how I can engage with people that were there and online. Now they can easily and effortlessly invite me back because I've already sat on their stage. I've already shown up and actually showed all the way out in terms of doing some breakthrough mindset activities from the stage about private practice, business, business and just looking at money a little bit different in terms of investing in yourself over time. So you want to always show up as the best version of you so that an entity, a company, an organization can test drive you so that if they want to hire you again, now you have social proof. Now you have feedback. So that's number one. Number two is on pricing. So just as a big disclaimer, I will never tell you how much your pricing should be for any type of product or service. However, I will tell you, based on how you can articulate the value to me, I can let you know if it's too low. And what I don't look at that a lot of people do is, oh, I haven't been in the field that long. Oh, I'm not licensed yet. Well, guess what? I was getting paid to do speaking engagements After I graduated with my doctorate degree, but I was not licensed, I had two more years to go. I didn't take not one test yet. And so you not being licensed is not a reason to me for you not to be able to go out there, position yourself, and it's really about branding and marketing anyway, beyond your degree, so that you can speak. A lot of topics does not require you to have a degree unless you're going out there being an ethics professor. Think about that. And so when you look at pricing What value do you offer? What can they walk away with? We just talked about that in BTA today. Instead of just highlighting the benefits where you're talking to an agency and you're telling them, you know, I'm gonna be able to give your audience handouts. I'm going to talk to them for 45 minutes. Okay, that's great. What are they going to learn when they're with you so that they can go apply it when they go back to their job? Because let's just say you are coming to a job site. Does that make sense? Put a two in the comment box if that makes sense. You want to highlight the value, the transformation. What can the person who's paying you, the payer, expect from whoever they're going to be inviting? Or even if it's free, it doesn't matter. You should still be giving value. Because they test driving a car, okay? So what will those people be able to walk away with? Because also, some job sites that have these type of events, sometimes they low-key make it optional, like lunch and learn. And that's not ideal if it's lunch and learn, because that means that if somebody cannot see the value in going, why would they show up, right? So prime example as well, in business, I do all my CEs based off of business workshops for therapists. Now, what I find that's really interesting is that when I start promoting one, I get all these DMs about, am I going to get a workbook? And I'm like, well, are, are you also wanting to know like what you're going to get out of the event? Because it's very clear they didn't read the enrollment page because they would have clearly saw the picture of the workbook, multiple lines about the workbook. And at the end, you're going to get a workbook, <laughs> right? And so I'm like, read before you speak. And I say that candidly because if you're a speaker, you want people to be listening to you while you're talking because you can tell when they're not listening because I am a teacher at heart. And when you're in front of the classroom, like when you speak in person, you can see the entire classroom to the point where students be thinking I'm lying. I'm like, come up here and stand by me and see what you can see. I can see when you're texting under your desk. I can see you scrolling on TikTok. I can see everything from the front of the classroom, let alone if I'm on a stage. Okay, so give other people the undivided attention mindset nugget drop, right, that you would want on the stage. So, example, if you're at a conference and you find yourself doing this the whole time, people can see you from the stage. That's hella disrespectful. Now, however, from the speaker's part, if I feel like the the room is too quiet, I'm going to ask myself two questions. One What am I talking about and do I need to give a disclaimer to get their attention again and let them know that I understand that it's dry, but it's needed. That's what I actually did this weekend. They were super hyped up. We did swag surf dance when I walked on the stage. I was like an MC or something, you know, and then we had a good time and they were engaging throughout the whole time. They were definitely paying attention. However, it was like, after I got to like the second section of the assessment, it was like dead silent. And I was like, well, what's going on? Did I lose them? So if I felt like I lost them, I would pause and just have a conversation and ask them to raise their hand, say something, do something, raise raise your hand again, you know? And so you definitely want to get the audience involved if that's the kind of speaker that you want to be. Okay. Also with pricing is something you always want to think about in terms of value is what will they be saving in terms of time or based off whatever you're teaching them? If they are able to implement what you're giving them. So prime example, again, my coaching programs, the way that I talk about the value, like one value, because there's multiple values of the coaching program. Let's say DTA for private practice. One value is you can go to a lot of generalist coaches and they can teach you about branding. They can teach you about marketing. However, when it comes down to doing certain things as a therapist, ethically, according to HIPAA, oh, now we have a problem because now y'all not speaking the same language. So what tends to happen with therapists that I've spoken to, and they have invested in coaches before, and they've done a phenomenal job with these coaches, the therapists complaints more so are like, I get to a point where my coach tell me that they actually can't help me because then I'm wanting to know specifically how to target my audience for private practice for therapy clients. I want to ask questions about billing. I want to ask questions about my EHR. I want to ask questions about, um, my ideal schedule with me being a provider and what does time off look like? I want to talk about how do I collect testimonials because if they in treatment, that's unethical. And if you talk to a general coach, you can tell them that, and they're going to tell you, I don't understand. Okay, so what I do in terms of a value point, even with everything I just said was a value point, multiple ones. Right. Is at the end, I will say, how much longer do you want to suffer in silence? Not having that guidance when you can invest into a program that's going to give you a business in a box, you can keep coming back because the gift just keeps on giving. And then you can also be in a community with people who are like-minded just like you, therapists who are wanting to build a private practice. And you can ask your personalized questions so that you can walk away and go build your business. That was like three value points right there. Community, you don't have to build your business alone. Um, you can be around like-minded people. You ain't got to worry about sharing your big dreams with small-minded people. We all big dreamers up in DTA, right? Right. Thirdly, you can shortcut the process. Why would you continue to work on something for three years going down a YouTube rabbit hole when you can just simply show up and ask the questions based off your business? Think about it. So those are examples of valued points. Okay. Um, Also with pricing is you don't want to get in the habits and I say habit because that may be where you start, but you don't want to get in the habit of charging by the hour. So I think that that's the way that our brain as therapists are trained. We get internship hours by the hour. We get paid by the hour when we get on a little stipend. Then we get paid by the hour when we get our first job if you do not go directly into private practice. But even in private practice, you work for a group, they pay you, depending on your state, they may not do 60% split or 70% split anymore. They have to do W-2 because the laws have changed with the IRS. If you... Work in your own S Corp or LLC. You should be on your own payroll. You need to pay yourself a salary, which again, breaks down to an hourly rate. So it's been drilled in our heads that hourly rates are the way to go, but that is not how we're going to price your services. Okay. You're going to price it as a package. So let me just recap what we talked about right now so that I can go into the third point. So first, we've talked about just as a bonus, Mental Health Awareness Month and putting yourself out there. Then we talked about finding one specific topic at minimum, just to start with, that you can talk about in grave detail. Okay. Then number two is pricing. Understand what your value is. What are they going to walk away with? How can you let them test drive the car so they can invite you back? And then, of course, we want to package things, not price per hour. So let's get into the third point, which is the packaging itself. So again, I can't give you prices, but I can also tell you that $150 an hour is actually unacceptable. And I am saying that wholeheartedly unless you are locked into a grant. And I always have disclaimers because there are agencies that I work with right now and that I've worked with in the past that I will do things per hour, but I'm locked into a lump sum of money. Put a one in a comment box if that makes sense. I bill them hourly because when we were doing the grant writing, we had to itemize how my services are being dispersed. Okay. So I can't just say I charge $5,000 a speed. They're going to be like, well, what does that include? So let me give you some tips in terms of why 150, as you're going to see in a moment, is not enough, even if you're only charging $50 or $85 for therapy, right? So let's talk about these areas. These are things you want to consider. Preparation. How much time, blood, sweat, and tears? I don't care if you do know the information like the back of your hand, you may still have to put it in a PowerPoint. I can know the whole Kohlberg moral dilemma, but if I have to put it into slides, I have to be able to condense the information and choose particular parts to then discuss with this group. It's very similar to being a teacher. You've been a student. So if you've went to high school, college, grad school, right, the teacher will tell you, I'm not about to sit here and read every single chapter. Matter of fact, we ain't even about to do every single chapter, but you're responsible for reading every single chapter. You're gotta, you got to go home and read chapter one through three. I'm going to pull out the most important parts that can we, we can make come alive in the classroom. And that's actually how I do DTA now. And it is phenomenal because now we can actually dive deeper into their personalized questions when they have them right? But they can also learn how to implement and apply on the spot and take massive action in their business. So that's how you want to think about it in terms of the person who's sitting on the other side in your speaking engagement or your workshop or training, okay? So how much preparation is involved? So let's break down what preparation means. Slides. How long does it take you make the slides did you go on etsy and buy slide templates did you send your slides to an editor because you've looked at your slides too many times where you're not picking up typos i have typos sometimes i do things where i may not have enough time to send it off to my team for whatever reason right and so i then will just say even with this thing today and this is all me like oh shoot i got up the boot camp because that was the last thing that i did on This app that I'm presenting to you right now through YouTube live in the podcast, but that's okay because I'm gonna keep going. That's not gonna make me stop. Okay. But nevertheless, what about your slides and your preparation? What if you have to do research? Um, example, one of the agencies that I contract for, they asked me for reentry. That's the main one that I do. And they asked me to do a training on de-escalation. So when they first asked me to do a training, I said, give me an example of what do you mean by de-escalation? Because de-escalation is a very, very big topic, right? So they gave me examples of what was happening with their consumers as they got riled up. And they really just wanted an understanding of how to position themselves as the case manager, they called them coaches, to be able to... De-escalate the client with their words, of course, no hands, but they don't have to resort to calling parole, um, the police or a pet team if they don't need to. Right. So I said, OK, that makes sense. So we need to talk to all staff members about various things that I'm not going to go into right now. But I had to go do research to find the best strategies and tactics that apply to this adult reentry from prison or jail to home population, right? So because I had to do that research, I always, and because I've been working with that agency for so long now, I know how long I'm going to take to find information. And I also utilize my team. It's called delegation. So if I need to look up some articles, I'll have them look them up, or I may um, skim through an article and say, okay, this looks like a good article for somebody to like create some points for me. And then, or a podcast, just they will go and find the material for me. But even if I'm doing it myself, because some therapeutic techniques, I need to see it myself so that I can articulate it and break it down into the slides because I need to be the one explaining it in the workshop, right? So I may say each training is a total time for me of four hours. And the reason why it's four hours is because it wasn't four hours in the beginning. It may have been six to 10 hours in the beginning, but the beauty part is because they now have test driven the car, me. Now they keep calling me back for the same workshop, but now I just do it with a different group of participants. Does that make sense? So that's how you can also learn how to scale your time, work less, earn more, because now an agency may say, okay, every quarter we got a new group of people coming in. Every quarter we have, we're have, we going to rotate the teachers out because we can't let all of them come to your training during lunch and learn. Okay, great. So how can then you package your product So that maybe if you want, they can get some type of package deal. If they book you for four of them, but it's the same topic over and over again, are you going to charge them the exact same amount? Because think about it. Think about how you itemize your breakdown because some of them will ask, well, what does this include? If you're charging me $1,500, but then you're doing the same thing over and over, somebody may I mean, as a business owner, I would ask you that. I would be like, "Now, wait a minute. You give me the exact same presentation It's the exact same length of time. You give me the exact same feedback form. We didn't have no extra meetings for these other cohorts, and so what exactly are you doing for all of this fifteen hundred dollars? Or is it like break it down for me? So what I have done, and this is just me, right, is this is my level of integrity. Is that if I know that I'm doing the same thing over and over, I'm going to charge more on the front end, but I'm going to let them know that if you call me back to do it again it will be this amount of hours less because I don't have to do all the prep work for it. I'm just doing the presentation and the debriefing with you and the team about what it was like, right? With the feedback for us. Does that make sense? So I want you to think about presentation time. Also think about consultation time. Do you have to have a meeting, not meetings, with the person to get a better understanding about what they need and what they want, which is what I explained about the definition of de-escalation. Also, you want to know how many people up in that room. So there's a difference in pricing of you being in front of 15 people, five people versus 150 people, because the more people, guess what? That's the more you're going to be there at the end, probably answering questions. If you would like, I always say carve out at least 30 minutes of Q and a time after you've done a general Q and a, because odds are, you're not going to get to everybody's question or some people just don't want to ask the question in front of the group. Again, prime example. I was in Atlanta this weekend, you know, we low key ran out of time because I realized after I polled the audience that I had to on the spot shift my topic, which was needed because a lot of things that I wanted to talk to them about would have gone over their head because a lot of the room was not in business already, but they desired to be, right? Especially for clinical services. A lot of them had like maybe physical products, um, but a lot of them did not have digital products, private practices, or desire maybe even have a private practice. So, we still address a lot of things related to entrepreneurship. However, I needed to make sure that they would get the nuggets that I needed them to walk away with, but I had to quickly tweak it in my brain. And that's what happens when you go to a larger event because you may send them something to collect this information or have a consultation, but you still don't know exactly the people who are walking in the room when it's a larger group. Because we're not talking about group therapy, we're talking about a group workshop, a group speaking engagement hundreds to thousands of people, okay? And it's a little bit different when it's in person versus online. So you wanna consider how many people are gonna be present. And again, think about it like this. If you charge $150 for one therapy session and all you're doing, not all, I'm not minimizing it, but all you're doing is the intake paperwork, Would you probably memorize your own paperwork, right? You can collect the information fairly quickly because you're good at what you do. You start the client, you do the treatment plan probably on the second session or maybe first, you know, if you in the EHR of course. And then you start doing treatment. Boom, you're done. All that happens in like 2 to 3 hours. And you're charging that person $150. But now we're talking about preparation, research, slides, editing, talking in front of people, Q&A. Getting feedback, reviewing the feedback, maybe even doing a debriefing report with the agency about the feedback. Did you calculate all that? Put a why for yes in the comment box if you are resonating with what I'm saying or you like the information. Because what I just said was a straight up handful and it's the biggest thing that is missed with pricing with therapists because you all, I'm not gonna say you all, a large group of therapists that I have spoken to are so focused on, I just need to charge my hourly rate that you take your hourly rate for therapy and you spread it across the globe as though it's the same. That is a whole nother product. Speaking sits by itself. Okay. All right. So let me just wrap things up. Speaking engagements... Oh, I I talked about that. Oh, I talked about Q&A hanging out at the end, potential follow-up. Oh, and your time is your money, right? So last point I want to make, and this is more of a hint that I'm giving to just my whole community at this point. i talked to the mastermind people about it two weeks ago, talked to DTA folks about it today. And my biggest thing is before you slap on a price, I'm going to need you to write the sales page. Your version of a sales page is what is your value? If you want to go and do this speaker circuit, and think that it's just, oh, so easy to just offer your speaking services and people are just going to pay you $1,000? No. Because guess what? Some people are willing to do it for free. So you got to figure out a way to stand out. That's why I always talk about showing up as your best self. And we should be able to see it when we go online to various platforms that you are in. Do people even know that you speak? So for example, people can approach me and ask me to speak but they probably feel more comfortable even though speaker is nowhere on at least Instagram, right? But I'm speaking all the time. I have no problem getting on videos. I have no problem doing reels. I'm starting to, you know, tap into TikTok a little bit, not there yet, right? But I have no problem being in front of the camera, which means I also don't mind being in front of a group and it prepared me because I've been a teacher for a little over 18 years. And so it doesn't, it's not too far-fetched when somebody asked me to speak because hell I'm speaking all the dang on time. So let me survey you. We've done it before. It used to be part of DTA in 2020 and 2021. um, But we realized that we were getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of exposing therapists to things outside of private practice. And then we made our bonuses only about private practice. So I want you to put a, Actually, write the word speak if you want me to host a paid workshop on how to create your speakers kit, like two hours, maybe three, may have to be on a Saturday morning. I'm just putting that out there, not on a holiday weekend. Put the word speak if you're watching live or you're watching on the recording later. If you would be interested, if I would offer a Saturday Workshop, right? Because per the comment box, it appears as though this is a very hot topic (laughs) because a lot more people showed up. You know, I didn't have no goal written down, but I know that I kept sending out reminders because I'm like, ooh, this topic keeps coming up, right? And it comes up a lot frequently with the therapist because you guys are being approached and you're not prepared. So what happens is because you are underprepared, you end up throwing out a price, and then the person says, oh, cool. And you like, no, wait a minute. Why they say, oh, cool. Because you charge them $50 an hour. Even if it wasn't 50, that's what it felt like. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to try my best to fit this into, oh, I got a good one for you. (laughs) I'll bring donuts. (laughs) So it probably will be virtual. Okay. All right, so I see a lot of people are interested in speaking. Now, since I got y'all here, I forgot to do this in DTA. Rep your, I'm about to say rep your hood. Oh my God. Rep your club (laughs) if you're part of any of my programs. So are you part of DTA, TSA, ECM? Are you just, you know, you just here part of the community? That's cool too. Like I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube or something, right? And while you're doing repping your block with me, I want you all to make sure that you subscribe to the channel and leave comments. Okay, let me know that you're engaged. I can clearly see that y'all here. I know that people are going to watch this on a replay because this is a hot topic, but I love to keep doing these if I know that people are showing up. So as you can see, I've been on a roll, right? This is my fourth one in like two weeks, you know? So I've been doing a really, really good job. And so what I was going to say is something came over me over the weekend, something about being on flights makes me way more creative which is why i love flying i I don't fly every day but when i do it's something that happens in that air i don't know what it is maybe the sky there's no limits right so i want to poll you all that's watching live and later now let me explain it first this was my vision five years ago 2018 so that was four years ago so thank you Thank you for subscribing. So in 2018, I remember leaving a three-day conference in Orlando, Florida, taking my whole family to Walt Disney World. And I sat in the back of the truck with my infant. I'm explaining this for a reason because, you know, we were talking about like mindset, manifestation, and meditation the whole weekend. So I sat in the back of the truck and I said, let me listen to a guided meditation right now and let me just allow my higher power to show me what he has in store. So I want y'all to hold on to this and you better be holding on to your seats because this is what came to me back then and it just came up recently, okay? I love hosting events, but I know in the time that we live in, I couldn't do them as frequently. I was out with light and I had a lot of stuff planned in 2020 that could not happen, right? During 2018, I visualized me having a conference. I visualized me having 100, 200, 300 therapists All in the room, branded colors, popping music, having fun, me dancing down the aisle, looking like I done lost my mind and y'all joining me, (laughs) right? Swag surfing on the stage because that song is always popping. Just some songs just never grow out of style because it just pumps you up, right? Put a C in the comment box. If I had a Thursday, Friday or Friday, Saturday conference in Vegas or LA, would you come as a therapist? invite a friend I'm just curious because as I was coming back from Atlanta and being on the stage that I have not been on in a long time in real life because I've been on them virtually I missed the heck out of it and I even made a joke I'm like y'all if I'm standing still it's because I'm low-key still kind of like traumatized and being in this seat for like two years and so when you in the seat you can't really move you feel me you can like do this, but don't nobody want to do this because then you can't keep up with it because you're getting dizzy, right? So I got pumped up this morning through my morning routine. I was dancing off Mike Pill on YouTube and I was like, I'm going to do it scared. <laughs> like that's what I told myself. I am going to do it mother loving scared. But let's be clear because let me clear this up before somebody texts me or DM me tonight. If you are meeting me for the mastermind event in Vegas and New York, these are not the same. Those events are intimate. You get more access to me. You get hot seats with me. We spend an intimate two days together, yes. But the topics that we cover is way deep, deep, deep into scalability. So before you hit me, just note if you are meeting me in Vegas and New York, and FYI, um, for DTA students, if you don't know what I'm referencing, I sold out of my spots. However, there are two spots left for New York. I only had six. Our goal was eight. Because it's very intimate two days we talk about scaling your business. But needless to say, never, that's not here or there. If you want to learn more about that, you can text me. Like, what's this New York shindig? It is for people who are ready to take action and already got a stream of income popping like a private practice or whatever your mainstream income is. And you want to learn about email marketing, membership sites. Like, your brain can take that capacity. Don't do it prematurely. Okay? So, conference. I'm thinking about in the third, beginning of fourth quarter. Right? Thank you. Yes. All right. Oh, I see some people here from Atlanta. Hey, if you're from Atlanta, put the A. Even if you're not from Atlanta, put ATL if you was with me on Saturday (laughs) because that was fun. Um, But yes, that's what downloaded on me. So I'm not going to put any dates, but when I drop it, what I will do as usual is it will be dropped in this order. (laughs) My mastermind students will get first dibs on spots. Then I'm going to trickle down my Ascension model. Then my Pop-up mastermind students will get their, and when I say access, I mean they will be able to buy their seats first and maybe even get a VIP situation simply because they've already invested with me, okay? So mastermind students get access first to the seats, then um, pop-up mastermind students, then TSA, DTA, and then my text community. Y'all may get as much as a month head start before everybody else. So this is why I tell people, y'all better stay on that text list Because y'all saw what happened for the New York and Vegas event to begin with if you were on my list back then. And my list has doubled since then. But back then I said, if you were interested in these events, text this code right now so you could be on this special list. And and y'all know what I did. For the first week, I only sent those people on that list the link to register. Then if the spots weren't filled, then I released it to the whole list plus Instagram. And I want y'all to just get this in perspective. There's thousands of people on the email list. There's clearly thousands of people on Instagram. There's thousands of people on Facebook. And so what that means is if people want the spot, they're going to take it. And fortunately and unfortunately, even when I have a live event, there may still be a capacity because we're still in this new norm. Okay. So um, I hope that you enjoyed it on a scale of one to 10. Oh, you're tuning in from Toronto. Hey, now. So on a scale of one to 10, how did you enjoy this free pop-up workshop? on therapist-paid speaking engagements. As a recap, Mental Health Awareness Month, take advantage of it. Let people know that you can speak or you can train. Pick one topic to begin with and be specific. Offer packages, not pricing per hour. And think about what all is entailed in your package so that you don't undervalue yourself. And make sure that you identify what the value points are before sending somebody your price. And I would say even as a bonus, we're gonna buy somebody first. Like actually tell somebody what all you're giving and then say, and this is my price. Cause even people who you think may be small minded or don't don't understand you, when you actually articulate everything, they'll be like, oh hell no, sis. Nah, bro, that nah. What wait, what? <laughs> like, you need to double that price because they know your worth, right? So I'm happy that you enjoyed it. Um, I'm gonna wrap up. I'm glad that you are all inspired. Tomorrow. We decided, we have. I have a podcast interview with one of my students and you're going to start seeing more students second quarter because I'm starting to pull them in, those who are sharing their wins in DTA, sharing their wins, right? Um, and then I'm going to start pulling in my mastermind students and those who have done those VIP pop-up masterminds because those are areas that we don't really dive too much into in the podcast. But I want you all to start hearing about how scaling is very much possible, how making a month and more is very possible if you go all in, take massive action, get help, delegate, but really develop the mindset of a scalable business owner. So tomorrow we're going to be going live at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 12 p.m. CST. Um, it will be recorded but if you want to catch the interview live we will I'm gonna be just interviewing her it's gonna be fun chill you see how interviews gonna be super fun and we're gonna talk about her exiting her nine to five job and what that was like um, we're gonna talk about her diving into her business before two years before she got licensed and what that was like for her. Um, and the word investing, because that came up in Atlanta. So I want those of you who are in Atlanta, if you have a question like the one young lady had asked at the end, in terms of how do you invest in yourself when you have nothing else to give, and I, I didn't have time to go that deep, I wanted to come out through my valuable content so that you can hear from other people and their narrative, their journey, what they had to do up here and in their pockets and their massive action to be able to invest in themselves at stages. Because sometimes we see, oh man, name her mastermind. And I heard her mastermind is this amount. And that's all you see. And you have no idea what these individuals have done to get to that point on multiple layers, okay? So we're gonna start sharing that journey. And we're also gonna talk about how she was able to sell 163 or 173 pre-sold books before her books even got here, all right? So I will see you all tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for the YouTube interview. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share this episode with other people. I love y'all. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye.